Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. Truly appreciate you joining us here today. But also, as well, we got so many great people associated with this program, including the Happy Hoarder. Go ahead and check out the Happy Hoarder right now at happyhoardercollectibles.com. And use the code, a special holiday code to use right now through the holidays. Happy Holidays 23. That's right. Use the discount code Happy Holidays 23 to get 10% off your entire order today at happyordercollectibles.com. Plus, also as well, Vampires and Vitae. Go ahead and check out the episodes today. They drop a day sooner than they used to. So if your Saturday is a little open, you can go ahead and relax because the Latest episodes of the Vampires and Vitae drops right there for you, wherever you get your podcast. Also, as well, of course, Vampires and Vitae, as I said, but also as well, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, Wizards and Wine. And of course, all the amazing things that we do, go ahead and stop on by Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Like and follow, because if you do, you'll get the latest notifications on everything that we drop there, including the latest Madam Web trailer. I uh, told you about that young Sheldon is ending with season seven. We've told you about the what if season two setting its Disney plus premiere. We dropped that trailer there as well. Uh, Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. We sent some gameplay video that way as well. So go ahead and check out the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook for all those little tidbits, including the Percy Jackson trailer as well. So go ahead and check that out. Plus popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. You See a lot there, including the culmination of everything that we do right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is the pinkest of all pink <laughs> heading into next week. It is a good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, of course, everything that she does for, of course... The Wild Beyond Witchlight and Wizards of Wine. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, great to have you here. Getting closer and closer to the holidays. But looking forward to now that we have the SAG after strike behind us, looking forward to eventually catching up with everything in pop culture. Yeah, and looking forward to things getting back on the rails. That's for sure. Yeah. absolutely so how you been how you been what's going on what's going on Ooh, um i've been good uh starting to get a little anxious uh our vampire not our vampire masquerade but the the vampire the masquerade larp that robbie and i are part of called desert of shadows um mm -hmm. our very first session of a new um season i guess campaign uh gets underway this saturday so that's why i look so pink because i i've accidentally put on my lighter vampire foundation i was like oh no i've got to put more color back in my face i'm just gonna look anyway uh hazard of the job i guess the hazard indeed yeah. but uh it's great to hear that you're doing well <laughs> please go ahead and check out the great work that she and her husband does every time out with the entire crew at vampires and vitae 
I mentioned that you switched to Saturdays, so I wanted to go ahead and make sure everybody knows that because it was Sundays for quite a spell. So that's when you tape a Saturday your online excursion every time out on YouTube. But if they catch it on audio podcasts, it drops on Saturdays. So check that out indeed. But I will mention for today on the back end of the show, I've got a great conversation with TJ Johnson as he comes back. For some more great thoughts on the world of video games, he's been playing Spider-Man 2 for quite a spell, and he has some thoughts on Sony's latest big first-party release. Is it everything that Sony has piped it up to be? He'll be talking about that on the back end of the show, amongst other things, and in the video game world as well. So looking forward to my conversation with him. But for today, Melinda, you and I, first up, are talking about some things going on in the, I guess, non-Marvel universe first. I want to touch on non-Marvel because Marvel, is, it, that's a bigger conversation. That's going to take yeah. some time. Uh, I want to go ahead and knock off some stuff that's been going on with Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV+, Plus always seems to go under the radar mm-hmm. until something really good pops up. I'm still waiting for season two of Severance. Absolutely cannot wait until I'm able to see a trailer for that. Sorry that got affected by the sag to strike, apparently. But for all mankind, that comes back with season four. That just recently hit. But the show that I think a lot of people are targeting, even though they do need to check out for all mankind, because that has been a very interesting alternative reality show for many seasons now. Monarch King of the Monsters, dealing with the Godzillas and, and all that. That is coming and debuting this weekend on apple tv plus so tell me your thoughts i know we don't delve too much into the godzillas the mothras the whole king kongs of the world too much we touch on it on occasion here on the show it's something where it does and has performed pretty good in previous iterations in the past it's been something i guess apple tv plus has talked about for a while now when ready to showcase out i mean they put a lot more into their entertainment late, lately along with what we saw from killers of the flower moon they obviously provided a whole bunch of my gosh they put a whole bunch of money into that movie and and obviously have not got or not going to get the financial return on that so basically i guess everybody seems to be waiting for the apple tv plus premiere I mentioned For All of Mankind, I think it's been a very solid series for four seasons, but with Monarchy, King of the Monsters, they're looking to do something a little bit different and start a new universe, perhaps, for Apple TV+. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it's going to be um, interesting, at least. I'm not really super familiar, as you mentioned, because we don't we really talk about it all that much, but I'm not super familiar with the whole mega monster stuff, like Godzilla, King Kong, all of that. Uh, I have watched a couple of the movies. The latest one that I watched was Godzilla and uh, I don't know. He God- was just Godzilla versus Kong, I think. Yeah, it could like be. I don't know which one it was that I watched, but... It was really, it was really fun to watch. So I can imagine that the series will likely be pretty fun to watch. It's hard, it's, I think, to make a movie like that not fun. Well, the th- well, that's believe me. There was the Godzilla <laughs> around the turn of the century with Matthew Broderick. Right. That that was not very fun. That was not fun. Oh man. That was that was not very fun at that. Oh, so I, that that was pretty lame. But <laughs> I will say, when you try to make it serious, the more yeah. serious you try to make them the more I question the sanity in those decisions, because like you said, they're meant to be fun. They're meant to yeah. be something that people can enjoy. So I'm, 
I'm hoping that Apple and and the creators will try to stick to what actually worked from the original Godzilla's King Kong movies that it was just basically a lot of silly fun and if they keep it at that everything should be fine the more they make it into something more serious or something maybe a more uh, you know a little bit of a horror tinge to it or something of a darker tone to it i really think that's where you go awry when it concerns that type of genre yeah you just have to make it a little cheesy in fact Mm -hmm. back up the brinks truck of cheese and just unload that's the good stuff Okay. Well, that does. I, it just seems to me that Apple TV Plus, again, we've always talked about them as a streaming service under the radar. And yeah. I don't know. Just seems like this this company has probably more money than virtually all of the streaming outlets uh, as far as cash on hand. They could literally just tomorrow wipe out the streaming universe by putting this Apple TV plus free on everyone's iPhone and then just absolutely destroying the, the population as far as away from Netflix or max or Paramount plus or Disney plus or anything like that. So yeah, it just, it seems, it just seems like it's something that, that could be there if they wanted to, but Apple never really puts, they, they put money into it, but they never take their entire product seriously. They're not, putting everything or all their all their eggs in one basket so to speak but josh who's uh in the chat says godzilla <laughs> and jurassic park crossover writes itself yeah absolutely it sure would, but, uh, but i think universal would probably have something to say about that if that's the case on which platform would it go to would it go on apple or would it go on univ on, on peacock for instance so i think yeah, go on over. one and then the other later Yep, you'd think that would be cooperation because I like like uh, Josh says that would be something uh, really good, especially after Jurassic World uh, has kind of you know gone. I think they're finally finished yeah. with that phase, the Chris Gasp. Pratt Jurassic. I think, yeah, I think they're that they're done. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Split the season, he says, between both outlets. That's a good idea. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more on that. That's something I think that might spike up interest for both those outlets, but. Tell me your thoughts uh, a little bit more as far as this type of uh, show and then also leading into a movie. It's also leading to there's another movie that's coming on the way in the world of Godzilla. So let me hear your thoughts. This is something that could, if done well, find some success with viewers starting this weekend. I imagine that it's going to, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you just want to flake out on a Friday night, you just throw on the new Godzilla, whatever. and you're in for a good Friday night, at least. Now, that's true, and we'll see what happens. But Monarch Legacy of Monsters, brand new series that's coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Looking forward to seeing what, what this is going to do for, as far as it's concerned, this series of everything going on with Apple TV+. Plus. So I want to hear your thoughts on this new Godzilla Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV+. Plus. Please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts But my friend, 
I want to get into the nitty gritty when it comes to today's discussion before we head over to TJ Johnson and talking about Spider-Man 2 and the video game world and getting an update from him on that. And that is, where are we at with the Marvel Universe? Just absolutely crazy stuff going on. You know, I, I don't know as a somebody who, who just religiously has to watch this stuff, not only for the show, but as a fan, it's just concerning to me where they stand, you know, because we've seen a lot of poor returns. Obviously, the Marvels have come out to tepid reviews and the fact that it's the worst performing MCU opening of all time. I mean, that's obviously a very dubious distinction. Uh, they've received a lot of backlash. You were responding to consumers in regarding to this and earlier this week, people commenting and lamenting and seemed to be enjoying the fact that it wasn't doing well when they should just be trying to, you know, appreciate the fact that, you know, that, that it's coming out at least and that there's something out there for fans in a time where everything is, you know, up in the air because of the strike. So, you know, be that as it may, uh, the Marvel universe is in a bad place right now. It's in a, probably its worst place ever in, in, it's history since 2008 and Iron Man. I feel yeah, I, I feel it's really in a in a really uncertain place. I, I feel almost as uncertain because there were no expectations when Iron Man came out about this being extended into a universe. But now that the Disney and Marvel become reliant upon it, all the various things going on within the Marvel universe right now, both wrong, both done, overdone, and not yet undercooked, is just seemingly really, really taken it awry. Yeah, it really does feel like the the wheels have fallen off the cart at this point uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to Marvel. And it's not just with the the Marvels, you know, the the latest Ant-Man movies haven't done, uh, haven't performed to expectation. The TV shows have been uh, under underperforming as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and we, we had a feeling that a time like this would come eventually. I don't think anybody expected it to be 10 years or more later, but, you know, maybe it is a little bit of superhero fatigue starting to set in. And maybe we're just a little bit tired of the same thing seemingly over and over and over again. I mean, Loki, after getting on to a rocky start, ended to me on a good note and hopefully provides some sort of clarity for the future. Although for the character himself, it kind of provided some sort of closure if you really want to say that that's the end for Loki or is it right now, mind you, he has performed so well that it will be very hard for Marvel to not be tempted to utilize him down the road, even though they will, whatever they decide to do, will be not organic and probably be shoehorned into something else. But that's another issue altogether. But the, the actual Marvel IP property right now is in a little bit of disarray. You, you have so many failures in the past year or so. I mean, Secret Invasion, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. You've got what, you know, Loki has not performed as well as Loki uh, the previous season. You've got uh, what the Eternals, that also performed miserably at the box office and also in a critical reception. Just people are less interested in the Marvel product right now. And it comes to a point where I don't know if Marvel... Marvel seems to be doing a reset by kicking out almost every one of their movies off the schedule for 2024, except for Deadpool, which they keep ping-ponging all over the place on the schedule. And right now, as of now, as I want to speak, it's in late July of next year. But I just feel like it's so disorganized, which is something that I've 
never thought I would say about Kevin Feige when he oversees this stuff. I mean, we just got recently this week, uh, the latest trailer for what if season two, and it just, you know, I understand that they've, they've narrowed down production costs. Uh, they've stopped hiring a lot of the actors or the, a lot of the actors are no longer voicing their counterparts in what if it just sounds like already I can hear the sound alikes you could throughout that entire trailer. That's fine. No problem. But is there really a need to go ahead and show it right away and show it on nine successive days in December, like they're planning on doing come December 22 throughout the rest of the year. And then after that, the echo Marvel echo that series spotlight called Marvel spotlight, where you don't need to know anything that's going on in the Marvel universe. You could just watch that almost like a standalone thing. Uh, you know, echo that series, will that garner any interest at all? Because it seems like that that's also being sent out there because it's going to be almost bundled a whole bunch of episodes at once as well. So when it comes out in January, and then you, like I said, you throw everything off the roster. You don't know, have any idea what's coming up after that as far as TV standpoint. And just outside of Deadpool, you don't have really an idea what's going on after that. You've got the situations where the, the Shang-Chi director, he has decided to leave yeah. the Kang's Dynasty project, although he is remaining with other projects, including a Shang-Chi 2, as far as that's concerned. But the Avengers 5 Kang Dynasty that's you know that's now in disarray and we don't know with Jonathan Major's trouble going on, what's going on there as well. And then we hear on the other side of the spectrum about Fantastic Four being retooled with even Pedro Pascal joining on as Reed Richards. Uh, this is the latest hot rumor there, which looks like it's more and more like it's going to be a sure thing. So I don't know. It just seems like Marvel is in such disarray, and I never thought I would say that going forward. Yeah, it, it, you know, and the like you said, uh, with the, you know, moving Deadpool all over the calendar for next year, pulling things off, adding things on, taking things out, you know, actors talking about not being happy, uh, other people involved in the films in other ways, leaving, uh, you know, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe altogether. It really does leave the public, at least, with a bit of a perception of it's kind of a hot mess, maybe even dumpster fire at this point. And that's really unfortunate, especially when, you know, we should be celebrating little things like uh, Tony Stark coming back for What If Season 2 with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, lending his voice back to the character. Is I mean, he? That's that's the rumor that I have been hearing. And, uh, you know, as of yesterday on what was the website? Hang on a second. Is it on IMDb? Uh, let me see. Where did they get this from? Because um... a lot of the actors in uh, yeah, like his voice wasn't utilized in the trailer, just his likeness. Yeah, but I think that there was a, that had been like rumor, 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 and then it got confirmed. But maybe I am but talking. There's a of... lot of voice actors that are right. character that are voice actors. They're not the actual stars of the the yes. Avengers that are in this upcoming what if part season two. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm, you know, it just seems to me that there's issues right now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that that I'm not liking, and you know, we talked or and, you know. Josh and I, who was just in the comments, uh, talked years ago about the, the mess that DC was around the middle teens of the last decade. And what a joke that was with all their failures and, and trying to figure out exactly what's going on 
what projects are being cut, what projects are being uh, continued, you know, which sequels are being done and which sequels are not. Is Zack Snyder going to be a part of the universe? Obviously, eventually he was not. So he's doing his own thing called Rebel Moon, which is coming out next month on, on Netflix. But it just seems to me that, you know, we were laughing at then at, at how bad DC is. Now, turn the tables. It hasn't completely turned the tables because I still think DC is a little bit of a mess because of the fact that they just throw out their stuff that are already dead on arrival because we know that the characters are not going to continue in the new James Gunn universe. And obviously the numbers reflect that. But it just just seems that that at least they have a vision, a clearer vision of what they want going forward. And Marvel doesn't. And that just absolutely just surprises me that that's the case. Yeah, I see. I don't see that from DC yet. Um, I see them still. It's not a 100% clear path. Just because, I mean, I'm saying because James Gunn has already spelled it out after, you know, he sent out as far as these are the projects we're going to do. These the that are in my universe. These are the projects leading up to that that are in this universe now. And so forth. He's already, or it seems more organized right now on at least what has been shown to the fans. Well, but, sure. Yeah. It's easy when you can take the desk and throw everything off of it and start with a clean desk. That's pretty easy to organize. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when you have, you know, uh, foundations that you're building on, and even if you just one little brick is not exactly where it needs to be, then everything that you build on top of that is going to continue to be shaky. So mm-hmm. I think that they just need to get back to a spot. And I think that they can, and I think that they will uh, get back to a spot where they're back to telling good and interesting stories because yeah, it's all about superheroes, but it is also about, you know, the the struggles of the superhero and, and what they would have to deal with or what we envision them having to deal with and, and all of that kind of stuff. It's really the human lens of the superhero that has really been so captivating through all of the Marvel stuff, at least to me. So I think that, you know, as soon as they get back to that, as soon as they walk back down that aisle, I, I think that we're we're going to be back in, in a good thing, in a good way. I think there is still time to write the ship. It just has to be done very cl- cl- cleverly, very smartly. Uh, and it needs to happen seemingly overnight almost. There needs to be a project that comes out that gets everybody buzzing in, in the right way. So I ask you, my friend, because like I said, the Marvel continuum right now is in such disarray with with so many different projects being scattered around some are canceled some are modified some are being changed you know stars are being put in and out who knows if the original avengers may be coming back that's been even talked about a couple weeks ago that was the hot rumor that that disney is contemplating bringing them back for another run so back up the brinks truck if that's the case but your thoughts uh, on exactly where this is going with the Marvel universe right now, because right now it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, it really doesn't. And I think, uh, I think the spot where they might've gone wrong was when they released the Eternals, they should have released the Eternals and then had all of those movies on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Right. It was either too early or none of the other movies have come along fast enough uh, for the the characters from the Eternals. Uh, that's, that's my point of view anyway. It just seemed like that was the setup to be the next group of superheroes that we were getting ready to to follow through the thick of it. And they just haven't materialized anywhere. I know the film wasn't super well received, but I think that, uh, you know, you have to make hay while the sun shines and you have to figure out a way to 
right the ship. And and I think that going back to the Eternals, because at least at this point, people are sort of familiar with those characters and um, start to tell those stories. And that might be enough to kind of write the path that they're on a little bit. I don't know. That's just I'm you know, I'm just trying to think outside of the box for it because sticking with the characters that we have been seeing, like Miss Marvel and, and stuff like that, obviously isn't paying off the way that Marvel expected it to. Where did it go wrong with the Marvels, in your opinion? Where did I don't it go know. Wrong? I'm not sure. I really, I'm really not sure. I don't know if it's not knowing the audience that's going to superhero movies. Um, I don't know if it's um, perhaps... And I didn't see it this way, but maybe perhaps the messaging in the movie was heavy handed. I, I'm not sure what the answer is there. I don't know exactly what it does or what it did or, or what happened. Because the but, first Captain Marvel movie, a billion dollars, but still seemingly yeah. so many critical elements about yeah, especially I, Brie Larson came out of that movie, it, despite it making a billion dollars. Yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe... Um, uh, maybe the the writing hasn't been there to support the movie at the level that we're used to i don't i'm not really sure where it went went sour but it, it hit a sour note and that one sour note was all that it has taken to have this seemingly domino effect after it i agree and it's been just very troubling indeed to see what's gone on and i think at that time everybody was still in the wave of you know, having to catch everything that was related to Marvel at that point in time, because Captain Marvel came shortly before uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. So it was part of, you know, required must-see watching. So we got caught up in all that. And even though people weren't liking her character, again, Brie Larson, I've eased up on my opinion of her because I think she's done a much better job since that movie in that role and become much more comfortable with it, similar to what we saw with Chris Hemsworth and Thor. I'm hoping people will give it a chance. I, I really want to see her get the chance to continue to play that role going forward. I know Iman Vellani as people, you know, as Miss Marvel, people are, were saying that she is the best part of that movie in, in the Marvels and we'll see if she will continue, but will that lead into a Miss Marvel season two? I don't know. But if even if that's the case, will it really make sense at this point in time? And she, you know, spoilers, she was trying to go ahead and, and, and try to become the next Nick's fury as far as gaining into a, another universe with the young adventures is trying to get them, assemble them all together. So she is still, maybe in their plans, but I don't know. Everything can be seemingly be wiped out because with the lack of success of the Marvels and the lack of success of many of the things going on in Marvel, who knows what's coming up next for sure for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it really, I think, is just going to come down to the right movie at the right time uh, with the right players. And once that establishes itself and uh, people get geeked out about it again, I, I think that... Uh, that followed up by either a really solid series on Disney Plus or, um, I don't know, even some kind of viral marketing plan. Um, it could be enough to, to kickstart things and, and get things back on track again. We'll see. I, I'm just not 100% convinced on it. Uh, you know, with what's coming up with Echo, is that just being thrown out to the wolves as a Marvel spotlight series and again that's supposed to be a series where you don't need to know anything really about the marvel universe leading into it and you'll be able to go ahead and get it and enjoy it i guess all right 
But then you also have what's coming up with What If Season 2 that's seemingly thrown out there at the end of the year when viewers and viewage is not as high. So we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens there. I don't know. It just seems like, you know, there's so much uncertainty going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not sure I, I like what I see. And I no longer have the blind faith for Kevin Feige that I once did. I don't know if it's all his fault or some of it's his fault or any of it's of his fault because, you know, how much power or how much control does he have? How much power and control does Disney have when leading this new universe? I wonder how much of this is because of the flip between the two bobs and then the flip back. Do you suppose any of that has is playing into this a little bit? Oh, I, I have a feeling as well. Plus a strike, plus COVID, all these bad things combined together. Like you said, one CEO comes in, one CEO goes out. One CEO wanted a whole bunch of Marvel content. The other one wants to ease it off a little bit because of cost and the declining returns. So yeah, absolutely. There could be uh, very much spot on in regards to that. But I wanted to see where your head's at in regards to this and i'm glad i did it was was a really good conversation nice yeah just a bunch of balls in the air and you're not sure which one you want to catch first so you're just everything's hitting the ground all at once and that's not the way to to run things exactly i mean at least i've heard that's how i tend to run things (laughs) i'll have to ask robbie on that one but (laughs) what are your thoughts out there on the marvel cinematic universe and where it stands right now leading into 2024 Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Want to go ahead and mention on the backside, it is TJ Johnson. He and I are talking Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 5 and so much more when it comes to video games. Go ahead and check it out on the other side after these messages from all of us here at the PC Multiverse and, of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glasser. Coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Truly appreciate you joining us. He is back once again to go ahead and honor us here with all that he's doing and all that he's getting prepared for this holiday season. If you knew the kind of work and business and stuff that this man has to deal with, you would say he is doing a tremendous job indeed. And how he has the time to go ahead and talk to me, I don't even know, but he does anyways. It is TJ Johnson. TJ, great to have you here, my friend. Always ready to talk pop culture. Well, actually, I'm not always ready because I fell asleep in my office chair earlier today. Oh, but stop. <laughs> but I'm almost always ready to talk pop culture with you, my friend. Hey, G, it's always a pleasure to be on, no matter uh, whether you're awake or rather I'm awake or whether you're there or I'm there. We're going to find a way to make it happen, man. But I'm grateful to be a part of the show. Thank you for having me. Always great to have you here, my friend. So I'm just going to say this. I am still on that hill saying that 2007 is the best year ever for video games. And I'm not going to say it's because they had the most 90-plus Metacritic score games. Because if you're, you're basing it off that, 
this year and maybe one or two more years probably have better rated games overall than that year. But the influence that year had will be unlike anything other for video games. Because even to this year, today, with the impending release, when you hear this, of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, it traces its legacy back to that year. So with that being said, my friend, you're in the midst of playing so many great games. You just got yep. really done with a, a long stretch in Spider-Man 2. Alan Wake 2 has come out to the universal acclaim. You've also got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, which I talked about. Whether you love it or hate it, that, that's what it is. But also is what you're talking about. Forza, Forza Motorsport. You're talking about UFC. That latest edition of that game is way under the radar, but it's getting highly acclaimed as well. So many games have come out this year in 80s or 90s on Metacritic overall. And I, I referenced Metacritic because the fact that it's an overall rating from dozens and dozens of reviewers right, on these games. Right, right. That's why I say critically wise, critical wise, you could say this is probably the best year for gaming as far as from a critical standpoint. Now, I think there are reasons for this and i'll before i get into your thoughts on spider-man 2 and whatever what you want to touch on this year in video games i think everybody has to go ahead and, and understand that a lot of the reasons why we're getting so many games and so many great games is because with the advent of covid really damaging the video game industry and pushing so many games back in some cases for years yeah and there's still more games to come that were pushed back that we won't see until 2024 or possibly even 2025. But there are several games that were effective that are on this year's slate. They got more time to go ahead and polish what they needed to go ahead and take care of. Boulder Skate 3. There's so many games that are out there. I could go on and on and on and on about all the great games that have come out this year. But when it comes out to it, it's just I think this extra time has paid off for gamers. The extra patience by gamers has paid off. And we've had one of the best years, if not the best year critically ever for video, video games. You know, Judd, I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think that we've had to endure a very substantial drought of, uh, of sustainable content. And now obviously that was due to COVID and the, the pandemic that happened in 2020, 2021. And like you said, we're just now really starting to kind of see some of the things that were supposed to come out from that um but it really has been a truly awesome awesome time to be a gamer uh truly awesome last six months of gaming i mean from starfield to the liberty city at uh, not liberty city the, the legend uh, of zelda tears legend of, the of zelda thank you um uh the cyberpunk add-on it's just been it's been insane and obviously you know spider-man just came out a couple weeks ago or maybe a week and a half ago at this point spider-man 2 and uh, that Street game was Fighter and Mortal itself. Kombat. Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat 1. Um, it's, it's been just a plethora of content. I mean, it's, it's, it's been almost, it's almost too much. Like, I kind of feel like I'm getting into a, a bit of a Netflix type dilemma where there's just so much in my backlog. My backlog is, is infinite at this point. I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to finish everything that's on my backlog. I still want to do another playthrough of Mass Effect from from one to three. So I don't know how that's going to happen, when it's going to happen, but 
Uh, I say all that to say it's been an incredible year for gaming. And while I, I tend to, I don't know if I would agree that 2007 was the best year in gaming. It was darn sure one of, if not the best. It was arguably one of the best for sure. I and just say the year, influence. There's so many titles yeah. where it just influenced the video game industry for well over a decade. Absolutely. Many of those times. I mean, you're playing Assassin's Creed this year. When did the first Assassin's Creed come out? 2007. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. My point in saying that is just to say that this year has truly been a true renaissance in gaming as far as the amount that's come out, um, the, the variety that's come out, being able to kind of have a little bit of everything. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier to be a gamer. Uh, I think that the sky is the limit. I think the, the future is looking very, very bright for a lot of developers. Um, uh, obviously, uh, my my excitement for uh, Xbox and, and the brand that they're and what they're bringing is it's no secret. Um, it's no secret how I felt about Xbox and their acquisitions. Um, it's no secret how I felt about Sony and their blocking of acquisitions uh, or attempting to block. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it's an absolute fun time to be a gamer as long as you're a true gamer and not just one of those toxic console trolls that like to spew venom just for the sake. For the, for the simple fact of spewing venom. So uh, I'm enjoying it, and I'm sure there are tons of people out there that feel the same way. Once again, it is TJ Johnson. Please go ahead and check him out anytime he stops on by here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Again, with that being said, you've had a chance to try out many of this year's great and highly rated games. Uh, what's so far? I'm not going to ask you for your best of the best, but just okay. give me a sample of some of the games that have moved you so far this year oh games that have moved me wow to move me is a is a big deal in the game i haven't had i just check your social media when i know a game moves <laughs> you, my friend. yeah you'll know wow this game is great yeah, man i don't i'm i'm un, unabashed in my love when it when it's here it's Nothing real when it's real, it's real when it's real it's real joe um so this year i would have to say the only game that i could say really moved me and move is probably not the right word because I don't think anything touched me in that way. But um I think the best thing that's moved me is there was there was a certain mission in Starfield that really like it caused me to put the controller down and really ponder what I had just done. Um and I, I don't wanna I don't wanna say what it is because I don't want to spoil the ex uh, experience and honestly some people may not even get, get to experience it in their first or second playthrough but um, it was a very, very crucial decision, and as a very, you know, does the, the the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many? And um, so, if I had to say what touched me the most in gaming this year, it was probably that moment in Starfield. Um, but I don't think I've been more exhilarated in gaming this year than Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man Two, from beginning to end, was a fantastic, fantastic ride. Um, albeit very short, and we'll talk about it later because I'm not happy about that. Um, but from start to finish, it was hands down some of the best stuff that's come out of PlayStation. Um, I would venture to say that we were looking for an Arkham, uh, pre uh, you know, successor. Uh, I think we've absolutely found it in Spider Man. Um, obviously, it's not a Batman game, but uh, he is. They have, the Spider-Men, if you will, have definitely taken over the superhero gaming uh, pantheon, if you will, or the championship, whatever you want to call it. Incredible, incredible, incredible game. So 
best game so far is definitely Spider-Man 2. But the one that's touched me the most um, was Starfield. And that was for a particular mission um, that really just kind of resonated. I'll tell you what, though. A lot of great options out there. Again, I mentioned yes. Zelda. I met again... You know, even if you're a fighting fan, this is yep. probably one of the best years ever for fighting games between Street Fighter VI and Mortal Kombat 1, both very positively rated. You know, those two have uh, gone back and forth over the years. And I think that this year, when it comes to the fighting genre, I know that there's other contenders out there, but Street Fighter VI and Mortal Kombat 1, the reboot of the entire series, this is the first real year that we've had two great offerings from these two within the same year since yeah. you go, since going back to the 90s when they were coming out the same year as arcade games, my yep. friend. Yep, yep, yep. First one for a long time as far as a head-to-head. And while I, I do have to, I do think that as far as longevity in the community, I think Mortal Kombat has, has kind of taken over that that top spot just because once, once Street Fighter comes out, they have some minor updates and tweaks, but um, by and large, they don't really have a whole lot of fanfare behind new content or new characters or whatever the case may be. And the the, the guest lineup for Mortal Kombat is always something to behold. So we're always looking at different characters from Jason to Freddy Krueger to uh, Batman or Superman or Joker, whomever the case may be. They always have a, a guest roster that keeps us enthralled and keeps us wanting to come back to the Mortal Kombat series. So, um, yeah, they both had a, a a great year i think mortal kombat is kind of the the one that everybody leans towards more now um but uh, it doesn't take away from the the unabashed love i've always had for street fighter and just for that franchise in general so it's been a fantastic year for fighting games obviously it's been a great year for uh racing games and it's you know we're not done you know we still got a a, a few weeks left and you know you never know what might pop up and, and surprise us well, one of those games that hopefully will not surprise everyone out there, but will still be good, is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. The advanced word is not as promising on the campaign, yeah. which some people rely upon. The not good word out there, but of course, so for so many, it's about each year what the multiplayer will bring. Uh, I mean, now that Call of Duty is in the hands of Xbox, it, you know, it just seems like this is the last year under Activision by itself. And I think for all intents and purposes, I think this will be noted as the year that everybody said, you know what? Thank goodness it's going in a different direction after this. You know, I, I don't know. And, and it's not to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not, let me just paint a different picture. Let's, let's just look at it from of a course, different paint that picture. As soon as something touches Microsoft's hand, it just feels like, and this could be the Microsoft fan in me, but I'm also a gamer. I'm a gamer at heart, and I'll play whatever console I need to play to get the best experience possible, right? Let me start by saying that. But it seems like as soon as anything touches Xbox hands, it goes immediately to the the crap reviews or somebody's always bashing it. I'm not saying that that Modern Warfare 3 is not deserving of whatever criticism it's going to get for its, its campaign. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve that. But it just seems that anytime it's something gets attached to the Xbox brand, as soon as they can find something wrong with it, they seem to be it. As opposed to if it goes to another console and there's something wrong or there's something that's not as great, it while it may not get overlooked, it doesn't get as beat down on 
as it seems to happen with Microsoft. Um, so saying that to say, I, I, I'm excited for a change uh, in, the, in regards to the Call of Duty series. But I don't know if the fact that it's in Microsoft's hands is going to be the reason that I'm excited for it, the reason that I'm excited. I don't think that's the reason for it. I think I'm excited just because people's palates are changing. Their taste and what they want to experience is changing. Uh, I think I remember a few years ago when EA made the claim that the single player game is dying. And obviously they've had to eat crow from people that have released from their own brand. Um, Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yep, this year. I mean, they've had to go back and eat their own crow. So my point in saying that is tastes are changing and they're always going to evolve. And we we can't just presume that this is what something is going to be for the rest of eternity. It's always going to change. And I think it's necessary for Call of Duty to do the same thing. I think it's necessary for for the developers to go back and say, okay, what really works? What really doesn't? What is it that our player base really enjoys? Obviously, multiplayer is a big deal. It's always going to be a big deal. But you're also going to have your players like me, who while I enjoy some multiplayer every now and then, I really prefer the single player campaign because I don't have the time, the patience, the money to dedicate to getting uh, whatever I need pay to play to win um in these multiplayer games like the 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 2ks and the modern warfares and how you have to pay certain dollars to give to get the latest and greatest i'm not doing that i don't have the time i don't have the patience i don't have the extra income just throw away into a video game that i've already paid 69.99 to get so um i'm really hoping that they stop and take a look at that and all across the board and really try to find a happy medium i know you can't get rid of those type of things all together uh, but I'm hoping they find some kind of happy medium to appease people who actually want to experience a full game and get a full game's worth out of the purchase, as opposed to someone who wants to play for half of the game that they can really enjoy while the other half is hidden behind a paywall. Uh, and you may not be willing to access that paywall. So uh, I'm, I'm excited too, but I'm excited to see how developers change their approach to game making. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Once again, it is TJ Johnson. He is truly just an awesome part of what we do here. You know, when him or I are not falling asleep at the wheel here or the chair, hopefully not. Seems to happen to us quite often lately. Oh, we work a lot, man. We work a lot. Yes, <laughs> I hear you. I, I, I burn the candle at both ends, unfortunately, doing all these shows yes. and whatnot. So I hear you, my friend. But, you know, closing out our conversation for this time, I want to ask you, though, you know, when it comes to what we're seeing, hopefully by the time that this airs, the SAG after strike will be decided upon because I know that yeah, when we're talking man. that the quote unquote last best final offer has been issued by the studios to SAG and SAG is taking extra time to contemplate it. Although as you and I both know, 
dealing with unions and negotiations of the course yeah. of our lifetime. There is no such thing as a last, no. best, <laughs> final offer if either one side or the other gets kind of weakened as far as the negotiation power is concerned. So be that as it may, uh, this has not been a as great a year. As I, I mentioned this already on the air, that I believe that this is not uh, one of the shining years for media on television and uh, movies overall. There's been some bright spots, but overall, I cannot say with any good conscience that we have not seen the year in media that we saw or that we've seen so far in video games. So I think it's just goes, uh, you know, with one saying for some whatever reason, I think probably is possibly the fact that there was more TV and movies ready to be released in 2022. The problem is they weren't able to handle COVID and the strike back to back. So now they're trying to all these studios spread themselves thin. And I think we're seeing the effect of that with a lot of stuff that's just either not released, being held on tight till next year, or really just not ready at all for prime time. You know, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think to to add on to the first part of what you were saying, I think this year we've truly gotten to see how ugly the the showbiz industry can be. You know, I've always I've always heard and I've always been with that that type of person that wanted to break into showbiz, be it you know, being uh, some type of entertainment or, or acting or whatever the case may be, right? I know this um, all too I, well. I used to dream. Uh, I used to work for a special effects company that was literally across the street from the bit famous Paramount uh, Studios and the Paramount know, Front, yeah. the iconic Paramount Studios Front. And I would look at it all the time. And my friend, who was a huge Star Trek fan as well, who went on to go work for special effects company might might have heard of it called Pixar. Uh, oh, he yeah, had one time yeah. dreamed of being the, the director of the next Star Trek. And I've dreamed of being the next, uh, I don't know, you name it, Captain Kirk or whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, in front of the camera because my, my ego was taking me in that direction. But unfortunately right. those days of opening up the blinds and looking through that is those days are behind me. But yes, I, I, I really get what you're saying, my friend, that, that yeah, it's just, you see the you see where it, you want the industry to be, and it's just not quite there. It's not, and the problem with it is that the industry is not where it needs to be, and it hasn't kept up with the times from the standpoint of now that trying the AI and how that has an effect on the movie making process, be it in the in the story writing, in the uh, editing, in the storyboard creations in the uh, actual visuals of the actors and actors of the, uh, the actors and actresses um, that are on on screen having to have a fair representation um, and fair usage of ai versus uh, actual actors and actresses uh, in their parts and, and storyboard creators and writers there's so much now that's being introduced uh, that's if implemented correctly could really uh, change the way we do things and the change the way the movie industry does things on a daily basis um, and actually be for the good. Um, but the concern is, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And when you have the opportunity to do a lot of the things that they can do, you know, scan you once and they, they want to try to use you for the, the remainder of forever, you know, that, that's not really, that's not really taking care of the actors 
who put their time and their energy and their effort, their blood, their sweat, their tears into their craft to be able to have a digital likeness of them recreating and and being able to be used their likeness for all, to the end of time. So it really has shown how ugly and nasty and dark it can be in it. And, you know, honestly, what it's really also showed is that they're not that much different from you and I. I mean, granted, you might see them on television, you might see them in movies, but a lot of them aren't really making it big. They don't really have the huge mansions. And of course, you're going to have some that have the huge mansions and the big followings and so on and so forth. But a lot of people, a lot of people that you see on television are not that much better off than you or I. Um, they just happen to be in a different profession than we do. And it, it, it just, it, it, it really kind of peeled the veil back on Hollywood and really kind of demystified a lot of the mysticism and the allure that Hollywood and the stardom of Hollywood uh, would bring originally, initially, I should say. So it's been a very, very tough, tough year for pop culture that's not related to video games, unfortunately. Um, it's just not been a year. Marvel has not been able to get out of its own way, um, be it looking to bring back the original six uh, Avengers or looking to recast Jonathan Majors or not looking to recap. I don't know that. I don't know if, if they are shifting really know, away from the king or shifting away. Yeah. And going right into Dr. Doom. I mean, I've heard reports of that as well. Um, I don't know if they really know. And I don't know how much of that is smoke. I mean, cause truth be told, we live in a society where people like to say things just for clickbait and we don't know how much of that of true integrity has gone into the journalism. Well, Avengers <laughs> five no longer gets named King's dynasty. Mm -hmm. Then so that, yeah, that, if that gets changed, that name gets changed, then yeah, that's kind of gives that's, you that. That might be that might be a little telling, you know. And yeah. obviously, obviously, everything that was going on or that is still going, on, I'm not even sure where that is with Jonathan Majors. Um, it, it, it just it's not seeming to it's not seeming to work. I personally don't have anything against his representation on the screen. I think he does a good job as King. Um, I haven't finished Loki season two yet, but everything that I've watched thus far looks pretty, you know, pretty good, pretty on point as far as I'm concerned. So I don't really see how he's not connecting unless it is, again, to do with everything he's had going on in regards to his personal life and the things that have escalated you know, since then. So it has been tough, man. It's been really tough. And, um, you know, I've en I, I enjoy being able to go to the movies and, and have a good time and get away from how tough life can be. And we just haven't really been able to have that escape, even if that means putting on a movie at home. We just haven't had a lot of uh, content that really has been worth it. I mean, I think the biggest movie that I got to see this year that I really got to enjoy was Creed 3. Um, and that, that's not just, that's not to downplay Creed. I thought Creed was awesome. Um, but that just goes to show you that there really hasn't been a huge amount of um, content to dive into. So it's been tough, G. It's been real tough. I'll tell you what, my friend, though, it's been great as always catching up with you and your thoughts. I know there's still a couple months left here in the year. <laughs> supposed to be the cold months right now. I know you're based in the, in the Midwest where it's probably a little bit colder than the 90 degrees here for Las Vegas today, <laughs> literally. But yep. I'm hoping that this year will finish strong. I was kind of disappointed when my pick, early pick for movie of the year, Dune Part 2, was pushed to next year simply because of what's going on with the strike and, and obviously needing content for Warner Brothers for next year. I can understand that. But I don't know. We'll see what happens, my friend. I'm not, I'm not super high on the Marvels. 
Yeah. Not super low, but I'm not super yep. high. Yep. I'm definitely not super high on Aquaman 2 because, as we all know, everything, including Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa, is a lame duck because he wants to play something else in the DC universe. So my point is, why do I want to spend $20, or in my case, my whole family, $40, $50 to go ahead and watch somebody that's going to be in a movie that's going to be forgotten about here in two years' time. So if they're going to do a reboot of the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what to think of the rest of this year. I just think that when it comes to TV and movies, especially movies, I'm quite disappointed at what I've seen this year. For sure. And I, I think the, the to, to touch base on what you just said, I think we also have to look at movies and unmarvel them. And what I mean by unmarvel them is start taking movies and start taking these experiences for just what they are, unless they're specifically designated to be pushing a larger narrative you know if we don't see jason momoa again as aquaman then we don't see him again as aquaman i think we have to we have to for as for as wonderful and as um ingenious and as game-changing as what marvel had done you know pre uh pre post endgame um if can you do pre and post in the same sentence i don't know but i just did pre post endgame if for as wonderful as what they've done pre post endgame um they really did change the landscape of the way that we like to look at films and we like to look at franchises and we like to look at um you know direct the companies as a whole i think we need to get back to the point where we can just enjoy a movie for a movie and not look at the next experience and not look at what's going to come next and just enjoy it for the right that it is now with that being said I'm going to have a hard time enjoying Aquaman just because I have a hard time just getting into the character. Um, I think Momoa did a great job with what he had to work with, um, but he was not the Aquaman I've ever known. He was just a, he was a cowboy who happened to talk to fish, right? But he wasn't the Aquaman that I grew up with. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but my point is Aquaman just as a character was not somebody I was ever really able to get with or get behind. So I kind of, while I, I don't, it's not for the same reason that you, uh, I may not be interested in seeing it. I'm just not interested in seeing because I'm just I don't particularly care for the character. But TJ, it's always great having you here. Glad we stayed awake for it, both of us. Yeah, man. <laughs> Being an old man sucks. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> but I'm always great to have you here, my friend. Uh, talking video games, pop culture, anything you want, my friend. Always right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Uh man, you know what? Uh, I'm looking forward to the year-end review. We dive more into Spider-Man and dive more into Starfield, and especially what Starfield's going to look like in, you know, a few months. You know, when people get a hold of it in the content, um, I'm looking forward to the year-end review. That's for sure. Absolutely, and we have it. That's probably some of our most favorite and best episodes of the year. Is yeah. when we look back upon the year in pop culture. Absolutely. TJ. It's just been awesome to have you here, my friend. You stay safe. Send my best to the family. And always glad to have you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. <laughs>